Welcome back to the Boys Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh Schaefer, here with my other co-host, Sloan. How's it going, everyone? Uh, just got back from a Christmas party and excited to record the pod on a Tuesday, a couple days earlier than we normally do. But we have a special guest with us today. Josh, do you want to introduce our special guest? Ooh, we have not had many guests this year. I was thinking, like, I think Mike came on one time. I don't know. I'm not sure. But this week, we finally had some intrigue in the league, uh, and our very own Colin Marsh has decided to come on the podcast this week. Colin, it's a pleasure to have you. It's a pleasure to be here, Josh. Um, I'm excited to join. I think I've done uh, been a special guest like maybe twice in the past, so I'm excited to provide my input, albeit probably poor input, but I'm here for it. Let's have a good time. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to your argument for why you think that teams should not have to do this, but We've got time to get there. Uh, you know, we're not we're not in a rush on this. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be it'll be. Oh fuck! Sorry, uh, just bang my knee on that desk. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, where are you uh, right now? I I don't know. I don't want I don't want to say where I am because what if uh, our what if our listeners find out and then they like rob my apartment or something? You know, that's a good. Point. I'm in my apartment right now. Um, but you know, getting ready to do some holiday travel. Uh, you know, we're going to Hawaii, which should be fun. Um, Aloha. Aloha, indeed. So yeah, uh, right now I'm in, I'm in Thousand Oaks, California, enjoying some beautiful sun. It was 78 and sunny today, but that also means, uh, you know, I'm not in my own space. I do want to say. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Colin. No, no, you go. No, 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 no. I've been talking a lot. Go ahead. I was going to say that I never expected to learn that uh, Brian's new wife, Annie, pulled Trig before going to bed <laughs> so that she did not wake up hungover. I feel like that might be life-changing for me. You've uh, never done that? No. No. I feel like that was, once you figured that out, that helped out a lot. Because it, yeah, I would I mean, much rather throw up the night before when I'm drunk and I don't really remember it than the next morning when I feel disgusting and I'm sober. That, that is just life changing. I mean, I'm, look I'm at the so picture, I... the picture of Josh in the group me that was uh, circulating this past day. Right? You knew what to do, Josh. I can't say I ever made myself throw up uh, from drinking, um, but when I did throw up, I. I don't know. I will say I, I typically felt better after the first time, but if it was one of those times where you just couldn't stop, that's when it got pretty miserable. You know, like it's only nice to do it when you have full control over it. Yeah, good um, point. And but I will say, I Colin, I agree with you. That was really interesting to learn about that. Um, but it, just the the opening from last week, I think, was the you know Brian and Matt were talking so casually, but just listening to it, I don't love. You know, I don't want to. I love their pod, their versions of the podcast, so no hate at all. But it was pretty hilarious. Just like it's incredible the kind of conversation you can have casually with you know your best bud, uh, and you're just like, yeah, we're just talking about how we like to get sick, throw up, you know, shit our pants, whatever. And then you know when you're listening to <laughs> it as the audience, 
it's just literally a work of art, you know, that two people felt comfortable enough to have this conversation that will forever be recorded. So I was truly grateful for that. Yeah, I agree. It's fun listening to the, those two guys. They're a, uh, they, they connect on a different level than most people can connect. And it's uh, gold whenever we get to hear them talk about things. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, how did you guys feel about the Northwestern loss? Uh, we, I, I like to talk a little Purdue basketball in here because I don't get to chat about ball that much. Over Colin, I'll West let you lead. Um, well, I fell asleep before the end of the game because I'm old now. But um, it seemed like, I don't know, you're not going to go undefeated. You're going to lose a couple of Big Ten road games. I envision this team going like 16 and four in the Big Ten. Um, I read that they turned the ball over a decent amount and then didn't make a lot of threes at the end. Um, so I I really don't take too much stock into it. I mean, as nice as it would be to go 40 and 0, it's not going to happen. Um, watching them last night against Iowa bounce back and look as good as they did at home um, was was nice. It was a nice refresher. And I feel like last night they kind of clicked on all cylinders. So, um, yeah, to give up 92 points, I know it went into overtime. That's a lot of points to give up. Didn't feel great about that. Um, but their defense looked a lot better last night. So. Yeah, we just turned it over a lot. And Boo Booey made a lot of shots that he shouldn't have made. And I also think the refs didn't do that great of a job. But uh, honestly, I never think they do that great of a job. Um, but like Colin said, it's good to get that loss out of the way. It's tough to start the Big Ten season 0-1. That's, I think, the biggest downside of the loss. Rankings, AP rankings, we don't really care about too much, but win the Big Ten regular season, and you should get a really, really good seed for the NCAA tournament. So we just got to focus on that going forward. We have Alabama coming up this Saturday. And then a week from this Saturday, we have Arizona. Those two games will be good just because we're going to get that experience with teams outside of our conference. But if we lose to them, I don't think it's that big of a deal because they're not in our conference and it doesn't count towards a conference record. And all, all this regular season about is about is winning the, the, the Big Ten title. Okay, I, I did not I think say, you were going to say Big Ten title, honestly, to end that sentence. But, yes, Colin, go ahead. I think I'm going to say what Josh is thinking here. I couldn't care less if they go 19 and 14 in the regular season, if they can win a couple games in March. Who, like, after last year, I couldn't give a rip what seed we go. If we're if we're in the play-in games as an 11 seed, but can put a couple wins together, it's like, that is all I care about. So, so – that's why I think the Northwestern loss is irrelevant. Like we're going to be in the tournament. It's just, what do those matchups look like? I will say I'm happy with how we look against the press for once in our goddamn lives. She's my friend. That's a fact. Yeah. Um, we look good. So Braden Smith is not scared. He's not scared at all. And he was scared last year. Lance Lance Jones Jones is, I think the guy. He needs, there are some, Big time shots or big moment shots that he needs to not take. I think he is the master of low percentage shots. And when we're not in crunch time or when we're not in a close game, he'll make those shots. But when we are in a close game, he needs to not be taking those shots. Every time the ball falls into his hands, I'm looking at the TV saying, no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. No, 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 no. Pass, pass, pass. And he'll take those shots and he misses them. 
He makes low percentage shots more than most people, but not in big time moments. And I think we we saw that at the Northwestern loss. He loves to take him though. Oh my gosh, he loves mm-hmm. like he wants the ball in his hands. I mean, he's a bucket getter. You know that's what he does. So. Okay, I, I I appreciate your guys' thoughts. I'm probably somewhere in the middle of you. If we went 19 and 14 this regular season, I would probably have an issue with that. Uh, we should be winning the Big Ten championship in the regular season, but that's almost like a, that's a baseline for me. Of like, if we if we lose the Big Ten and don't make it to the Elite Eight, like disaster season. Win the Big Ten, miss the Elite Eight, below expectations. Like this. I honestly don't even care. Like, I'm with the Natty. I don't even care. Like, making a Final Four to me, just, what? It, like, I guess you get, do you hang a banner for a Final Four? I guess you do, right? Yes, you would. But I agree with you, Josh. I don't think, th- this is it. This, this team is so freaking deep. Even yeah. Martin is, oh. like, the 10th man. Like, I'm not saying he's that good, but, like, he's a starter on a lot of other Big Ten teams, like, yeah, I don't know. This is yeah, th- this is our chance. If we don't do it now, then what? When is it going to happen? I felt like we said this in 2018, and that didn't go well. And then the next year, we went to the Elite Eight. So that, I... that Sloan, that is so accurate. Here's what's going to happen: if we underwhelm this year, our expectation for next year is going to be low, and we'll play. It will be great. Like every year that we're expected to do well, we underperform, and every year that we are not expected to do well, we overperform. Yeah. Like, well, and look, look at not last year, but the year before when we were what un, was it, I think it was two years ago we were unranked, and then we made it to number one before we lost to Rutgers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, there is one call out I want to make, and I want to call it early in the season to. Uh, avoid our our disappointment down the line. We came back this year, and it feels like we are essentially playing the exact same style of basketball we played last year and all of the years beforehand, except for when we had Carson in that Elite Eight run. I feel like that team was a little different. I'm a little scared that we continue to lose in the tournament, and our solution is, like, let's just do the same thing again like and see how that goes. Uh, I think it'll win us the Big Ten. It will probably will do fine in the tournament, but March is about your guards and spacing. Like we need to work on an alternative style of basketball for when eventually Edie is getting beat to death and the refs aren't going to call it. Like how else are we going to play? Last year and this year, I think are eerily similar to when we had Haas and those other guys because Haas. Later in his career, he got to the point where he was making buckets. He had the highest field goal percentage in the country. Um, just get the ball to him, and he'll make a shot. But when he starts getting double teamed, then we have the opportunity to kick it out, try to get a three. And then when the doubles were working on Haas and we would kick it out and the, the three-pointers wouldn't fall, that's when we would lose. And that's what we did last year. It didn't work. If we keep doing that this year, it's also not going to work. But – I think that's where Lance Jones does come in handy is because I think he can make his own shot. I think Braden has also been able to make his own shot and having those guys, that's that third element that you need, I think, to win a national title. I agree with you, Sloan, but I do want to say like, you don't want those guys. And you were talking about it with Lance Jones where in the close games, you're like, no, 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 no. You know, because 
they only really have to make their own shot like that when the games are close and ED isn't scoring, right? Like it's a last resort, yeah. so it's not like fully refined. I'm just worried that like we'll come do the same thing. The style of basketball that Painter coaches, it's perfect for winning Big Ten championships because it gives you a high floor and a relatively high ceiling. But March is all about getting hot, you know, and finding like the right place. I just <clears throat> I don't know why we're expecting anything different this year, but I am. So they reel us in every year just they to us in. give us pain. Even my dad is watching the games. He confirmed he came around for he didn't he only he started watching in Hawaii too. Like he didn't even he made it like four games before he Jeez. And I and I say, Oh, what'd you think? And he's like, Oh, I think we're overrated again. I'm like, shut up. Like, why did you even watching it this year? Nobody needs to hear that. You know, like uh whatever. Yep. Um okay, any other thoughts before we jump into fantasy? Uh happy birthday, Matt. Happy birthday, Matt. Yes, today's oh, his birthday. Hi, I forgot. The big 2-8. Yep, 28. Man. So. Old. We're old. We're getting old, guys. We're young, though. We're 96. We're young. Right, we That's are. True. Okay, good birthday shout-out to our other pod co-hosts. Let's get into fantasy football play the intro music or whatever. I think you've just started playing it at the opening of the episode Sloan, because the intros are so long at this point. It's like almost half to half of the podcast. Yep. I don't have the time to edit that. Yeah. Uh, I'll do a minute. I could sing a little ditty. So we officially know we're transitioning. Uh, I just probably won't actually. So uh, we, <laughs> we go in uh, week 13. Um, you know, the table, I think we should jump right into what everybody wants to talk about. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to save. We can talk about the rest of the stuff later or whatever. It was There's a reason we have Colin on the podcast. Yeah, Colin isn't here just to talk about Purdue basketball or how he cooks his meat. Like, we want to know, Colin, uh, you you are very quiet in both the boys and the boys' dynasty groomy. Uh, so when you do send a message, it rings throughout the mountains of our group messages. Um, you come in this week, you see Austin has pulled his entire lineup, you're feeling hot, and I want to hear more about what's going through your head when you send your initial messages. I, I was very hot and bothered. And you know what? I'm going to be honest that. with you. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually more upset with Michael Wood. That loser <laughs> pulls Trevor out. Before the before the Monday night game, did he pull anybody else out? I don't know, but when when you started sending those messages, Colin, to the group me, I remember looking and thinking. Well, first and foremost, you don't have at least on my end, you don't have a profile picture anymore in group me okay. incognito. You're right, so I just see a little CM, and that <laughs> just from that makes me think. Okay, like call uh, anyway. I remember seeing the messages and thinking, oh, man, Colin is pissed right now because he like knows he's going to Waffle House. He knows he's going to Waffle House right now. (laughs) And you and uh, Mike and On Good were sort of going back and forth. And um, I can't remember. I I think I ended up texting Mike like, 
hey, when are you going to start tanking? And he's like, oh, yeah, Colin's going to be real pissed once I get to later in this, oh, uh, later in the week. So, my... <laughs> so yeah, I just um, uh, give it to Were you actually mad, Colin? Yeah, were you real legitimately mad? Or was this just like a, like, I, um, a little bit of a complaint? Well, here's the thing. So, like, I finally, like, got to the point where my team is going to have, like, a decent week. And then Austin goes 34.4 with DK Metcalf. Like, he's going to try and then just backs off everybody. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's happening. Like, because, you know, obviously, and I don't, I mean, we haven't set any rules yet in place about tanking because of our punishment. But, like, as soon as I saw that, I it, the wheels could have totally fallen off. It could have been everybody. And it shouldn't be. And so I was, like, really anxious about um, about that. And so I do want to start with this. I am not afraid of Waffle House anymore. I know what my strategy is going to be. I'm going to expand my stomach before Waffle House. Are you really? And I'm going to take down 22 waffles in two hours. Yes. Are you serious? I'm very serious. And I get Caleb Williams. So I'm, like... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Wait, not... you're being absolutely serious. You're going to eat 22 in two hours. That's your goal. Yeah. I think absolutely. you could do it. <laughs> no fucking no. way. Yeah, yeah. I There's was talking. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was talking to Brian about this. He did it the wrong way. He said he paced it out. You are only going to be hungry once that day. Yeah. You'll get totally. as many in as quickly as possible, as early I'm gonna as possible. I'm going to order all 22 dangerous. up front. I'm going to order them all up front. <laughs> That's dangerous, guys. I feel like you could die. You know, like how could you die if you like blew your stomach up or something? Like I don't know. Like I think that's you so much up. fucking food. Yeah. If like, I blow up my stomach from eating waffles, Josh, you're paying the hospital bill. <laughs> I think we need to put a rule. The rule in place doesn't need to be about tanking. It needs to be about like health and safety for completing Waffle House or whatever food challenge we have for the loser. Um, are there any rules for Waffle House? I wanted to. Can you throw up? I can't remember if we discussed that's, that. That's the rule that I'm asking about. Right. That's the only rule that matters. I mean, I don't think we have a rule on that. I mean, if you want to go throw up in a Waffle House, like, this isn't like the Great <laughs> American Challenge, which we yeah. frequently remember, but, like, I don't know. I think either way, throwing up and then eating more waffles, like, uh, that just sounds like absolute hell to me. If you're in there for only three hours, only three hours, yeah. where you're going in and out of the Waffle House bathroom to vomit and then eat more waffles, like... <laughs> you might get kicked <laughs> out at that point. I can't even understand how you guys are like, this is so much better than spending 10 hours in a Waffle House. Like, yeah. is that really how you feel? Like, you'd rather throw up in a Waffle House and spend a few more hours there? A thousand percent. Colin, can you get any work done at Waffle House? I feel like in your no. job, yeah, you don't really have the opportunity to go home and do work. So that, that makes it tough. Because if I did it, I would just sit there and do work all day. Right. No. It is going to be me focused on my waffles, and that's it. I love that. So, okay, I'm going to transition. Uh, so, <laughs> I talked about how I am not scared of Waffle House, and I will get Caleb Williams. So, I, I think it's important <laughs> to start there. I At one point during the year, I was scared of Waffle House. 
and I made a lot of probably poor choices. Giving up CD Lamb kind of stings a lot. I'm gonna be real. Uh, that one hurt. And I want to put a, 30... a pin in that because I want to talk about yeah, that later. Please. Okay, okay. Um, but I'm happy with my young assets. I got my top pick back. So Waffle House scared me. Doesn't scare me. Uh, I think we need to implement some sort of precedent because, to be honest, the Blazing Challenge does not scare me personally. And let's say I have, like, three to five bad weeks at the beginning of the year and I have my pick. What's to stop me from just, like, not even playing a single player the rest of the year to get a top, the top guy? I completely agree. I, I think yeah. the the Blazing Wings challenge is nothing compared to Waffle House, and I, I think that is something that should be changed. Because I, I, yeah, I'm right there with you. If I go into a season after I just finished last and I completed Waffle House, and I know that I'm not going to be competing for the playoffs or a championship, I might as well just be coming last again. Because I have no problem doing the Blazing Wings challenge. It's over in what two hours max. I think the time uh, is the big component. Yeah. We could all do it at boys weekend, just like go to B-dubs for like, that is not a punishment. And Mm -hmm. if, if that's the reason, you know, that shouldn't be the guide, but um, I think the only way to discourage tanking is either by making that other punishment worse or to create a system, which I think should happen where you have to at least have somebody who's active playing whether they are like irrelevant, some like deep bench guy, that is fine. But I think you have to set a full lineup in order to avoid that tank situation. So do you think it's like not fun? Hold thing. up, Josh. One one last thing. Sorry. Okay. 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 Um, <laughs> think about how this is the only drama at all this year. This year yeah. has been like the top, obviously the playoffs are going to be exciting, but like it has been kind of boring. There's not a lot of like, you know, and this is one thing that, so I don't know what the, it's quite possible that Mike would have been ahead of Matt last week and that would have brought me a little bit closer. So I think like for the league's sake, it would have been fun, but that is all. Go ahead, sir. Well, can before I, Josh, yeah, you can go. Okay. What I, so when it comes to the idea of tanking, I think where I'm at is I care less about it for your specific situation, Colin. I will lay my sure. points out right now. Your strategy was sell your assets, get picks, get young players, which were worse than the players that you had. That made you end up in last place. Now, Austin didn't sell all of his old players, right? Like he kept Saquon Barkley, who's like an older running back asset. So his strategy was, hey, hold some good players, get safe from Waffle House, and then go from there. Because you committed to a strategy of having a worse team, should Austin then have to get a worse draft pick because, you know, like to help support your strategy, right? I don't, I don't think I'm in that market. I think Austin has earned his safety. Let him do what he wants. Now, when it comes to tanking, I am interested in avoiding tanking less so for helping the last place team avoid last place and more so for in a future year, we probably will have an interesting playoff race at some point for the fourth or third spot. 
And it would suck if like that playoff race got a lot less interesting because teams just started like putting nobody in their lineup, you know, because like you said, once you get through Waffle House, which is horrible, and then B-dubs becomes unfortunate but not miserable, then teams may be more inclined to kind of go down that path. But I think the playoff race is the best part about fantasy. You know, the last place is also an interesting piece, especially in a boring year like this. But I do care more about preserving the sanctity of giving teams the opportunity to make the playoffs. So. Yeah, my thought process, I th- the fact that we have Waffle House as the punishment for the last same last place team, I think at least initially was the only deterrent that we need for teams that may be considered tanking. After going through this situation with Colin, I do think it does kind of suck that Colin's put in this position. I know that a lot of leagues, at least in the Dynasty subreddit, use a max points for calculation, or or you you have to start like a your your best starting lineup, whatever that means. Each week, you can't pull guys and actually have uh, nobody on your starting lineup. Um, but if we do this, if we change the rules where we actually have to have all teams have a starting lineup or do a max points for calculation, something like that. I think that takes away some of the early season performances. And we have to understand that this is a season long calculation. Who goes to Waffle House is based on the entire season and not just the last few weeks. So if you don't want to be in the position where you might be going to Waffle House over the last few weeks, you need to make those moves at some point earlier in the season to make sure that you get those table points that will help you not go to Waffle House. So I'm, I'm sort of torn. I think I'm leaning more towards changing our rules where you can't bench all of your players, but I'd like to look into it a little more before I make a decision on my end. What would you guys think about, like, this is just an idea for discussion, but, like, I feel like how early our trade deadline is really impacts this. Like, a week 10 trade deadline that is four weeks before the season ends, like, gives Colin essentially no flexibility to decide two weeks. Like, he has to decide four weeks before the end of the season if he's like, I want to go to Waffle House. It would be interesting, I think, if in the last two weeks of the season, Colin could be like, fuck it, I don't want to get last. Like, I'm going to sell these assets and I'm going to go for it. I feel like that adds another layer of, like, interest. I I think our trade deadline is insanely early. I still feel like that even after this year. Like, you've been, we've all been screwed by There's been so many QB injuries this last week. It's, like, miserable. I think we should move the trade deadline back. I know we discussed that seriously this past offseason. I think looking at this season, looking at what Colin is going through, looking at what some of the other teams are going through with their injuries, I think we do need to move it back for sure. This is something I'm just throwing out there. What if we have a rule where the bottom two teams each week are the only teams that can initiate a trade? Now, they can be a part of a trade of a team that's not in the bottom two, but there can't be a trade between 
spots one and two. There can't be a trade between table spot one and seven. You know what I mean? I haven't thought through that. It just popped into my mind. But that's something we could consider in the offseason. But I think overall we just need to move the trade deadline back. Yeah, I agree. I think, Sloan, with your idea, it just gets a little sticky. I think it has to be across the board, maybe like a week 12. But I like the thought. Yeah, I think – I mean, I think everybody would agree at this point to move the trade deadline back. I know we sort of operated earlier this season thinking that we had voted to change the trade deadline, but it turns out we didn't. And I remember being kind of bummed about that because I thought we had. So I, I, I'll, I'll make a big push to move it this uh, upcoming offseason because I think it's it makes the league less fun with how early the trade deadline is. So that's the piece that, like, the fun piece is very interesting because – all of the changes we've made in the league thus far have been to increase like predictability of fantasy football, right? Like to where like we have the table, right? So head to head matchups don't matter. So it takes away any variation that could come from that. Uh, We have like expanded rosters. So, you know, like, there's not going to be a waiver asset that comes available in the middle of the season. That's, you know, going to change the league pretty much. I mean, there still have been, but there is, it's much, much less likely now. There's not going to be, you know, we have larger starting lineups. We're starting two QBs. Like uh, there's less volatility, right? We've done all these things to decrease volatility. Moving the trade deadline back is another thing to decrease volatility. You know, it's a, it's a very delicate balance. And I think about this often as commissioner of, what we really think like do we care about the outcome of the league having less volatility like at a certain point volatility is kind of a good thing you know that makes fantasy more enjoyable like when you think about the nfl playoffs how fun is it that it's one game you know like Mm -hmm. the best team can be knocked out like our league is very much working towards a place of like you know, we have the volatility, at least with our playoff system of like three weeks decides it all. But I get I get why people don't do all this shit that we do in a in a standard league. You know, it's just fun sometimes to just let it be normal. I'm not saying we should undo everything, but this is just another like step down that path. Yeah, we're working towards making the league as best as it can be. I think I think at least on what I uh, see with the dynasty subreddit leagues we're one of the only ones that do table format. And I think doing that, uh, it was a great thing to do, but I think we have other rules that we need to change. Like I was talking about earlier, there are a lot of leagues that do a max points for analysis to determine draft order and who actually comes in last to prevent tanking. Um, or some variation of that. So I think that should be at the top of the list of the off-season discussion points. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Like you, the max, oh, oh like, go ahead, Colin, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, like, like you were talking about earlier, Josh, my situation is not the most important situation for the whole tanking argument. It's the playoffs in a normal season where the top four are not. Um, not so clearly established. Like it, it could become dangerous. So I, I like the idea of some sort of something 
Um, and so I'm going to ask you guys, what would be, what would you want it to look like if we were to set up tank prevention? What would you go ahead and we can talk about it. I have no idea. I mean, I thought I thought Waffle House would be enough tank prevention, but maybe there's something you put at place nine and place eight that is also a punishment, not to the extent of Waffle House, but something similar that would prevent people from tanking to get those spots. I don't know what that would be, but there's something we could think of. I mean, I think if we were going to do it, I don't, I, I like your thoughts alone. Like, like, I think, I think there could be something, but I think even like setting a whole lineup is, uh, you know, like you can still find a way to take by doing that, right? Like a mm-hmm. lot of us, our lineups are so deep that there, we have a lot of crappy players on our team, you know. Like, so I think it has to be some kind of max points for like combination to impact things here. In my other dynasty league, we do the regular table right for this year, but then for non-playoff teams, draft order is determined by. Um, max points for for all of those teams so i'm not sure like i'm not i'm not sure how we can do max points for it's kind of tricky with us doing like a punishment for last place because the punishment incorporates some kind of like managerial responsibility because you may not have set the best lineups or set better lineups or whatever i really don't I don't, I don't know. I, I like the idea of eliminating it, but part of me is like, we have a punishment, you know, everybody should want to make the playoffs. And I think our league over romanticizes being bad, you know, like too many people in the league enjoy being, having bad teams and bad players, you know? And so like, like, I guess I understand wanting to tank, but that means you just had a really shitty year of fantasy football, right? Like you're going to make no money and, you lose. So maybe it does impact the playoff race. And and my thought to that is probably like, well, if you didn't want to be impacted by taking teams, like you should have had a better start to the, you shouldn't be dependent upon them in order to make the playoffs. So I don't know. This is, goes back to the comment I made to you, Colin. It's like, if you don't want people to tank, don't be 10 points uh, like outside of second to last with two weeks left in the season, you know? That also right. made me fairly I mean, you sold C.D. Lamb, Devontae Adams, and Stefan Diggs. Like, yeah, let's talk about this now. That's giving up. Yeah, that's oh, a no. full give you, up. You that's did the snip, snap, up. snip, snap. You <laughs> traded for the good players, and then you went back. I remember when you made that final trade thinking, why? Like, he's not safe from Waffle House yet. Why is he doing this trade? It doesn't make sense to me. This is before Devon Achan went on IR. Uh, the, I, now he's back. Okay, he's but he's back. But is like he had what a couple good games before he went on IR as a rookie. That's not something you want to be betting on. Okay, let's look back. Let's look at the trade again. I made with Josh. Um, obviously, CD Lamb 
losing that. He was struggling at the beginning of the year. And he was struggling. Like, oh, right yeah. after you yeah, traded him to me, he was he has gone absolutely insane. Like he is probably alone worth two firsts and like DJ Moore, and I probably still wouldn't even want to move him for that. Like it would hurt to right. do that deal. And when you made the deal, he was like wide receiver sixteen or something, you know, and you were kind of like that that part is hurt. I was looking back at yep. that the other day. Um so losing C D Lamb hurts. Diggs, I mean I don't know, that offense is in flux a little bit. I wasn't overly sad to lose Diggs. I mean, obviously he's a top ten guy. Um and then Devontae is about forty five years old and has Aiden O'Connell as his quarterback. Hmm. Whereas you, Josh, did not like DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore is very talented. And with a new quarterback next year, um, I think that DJ Moore has a lot of upside. Um, did you watch the LA Rams game per chance on uh, on Sunday? Because Puka Nakua, despite multiple injuries, looks pretty damn good. And Cooper Cup looks like he runs about a five two forty at this point. The downfall of Cooper Cup, I mean, has been I'm not saying he's unplayable now, but he's borderline like not I mean, I, I'm not starting him this week. I don't know what's going on there. Puka has looked like a stud. The reason I was laughing, Colin, though, is the number of people who have said about DJ more specifically, oh, he's great upside when he gets a new quarterback. Like, I think DJ Moore has had a new quarterback every year of his career, uh, <laughs> and it's always been like, this is the year of DJ Moore. So I'm glad to hear that as the latest DJ Moore owner, you're believing that uh, as well. I, dude, sometimes you got to look at, like, the eye test. <clears throat> the dude looks like he can play football. <laughs> So, also Christian Watson, thank you for him. He looks like he can play football now, too. He decided to catch some passes. Until he hurt his hamstring again for, like, the fifth time <laughs> in two years. <laughs> um, wait, all right, so let's go back one one last time. Sorry to control this a little bit. So, no. C.D. Lamb and aging Diggs and aging Devontae for – Younger DJ Moore, stud. Pukunakua, emerging god. Caleb Williams, a, top, a mid first, and then an early second. I know it, the optics are bad, and I know that I made that trade because I felt like I was safe from Waffle House, and I obviously wasn't. But I, I'm not overly upset about that move at this point no so i want to hear what you think about it yeah yeah so go ahead um i i just think in the situation in the position that you were in at the time you needed to have good players because i don't think you were i mean we know that you weren't safe from waffle house at that point when you had received those players originally you were pretty close to go be going to waffle house and then you got them and you're uh standings your your place in the standings went up and then i think we all thought or i mean i think at least you thought oh i'm safe now i have enough players to get me through the rest of the season and not have to go to waffle house and then you traded them away but i still remember thinking there's a lot of uh time left in the season and the 
chance of Waffle House is still there, and we're seeing that now. So, yeah, a few of them were old, but if you don't want to go to Waffle House, I don't know. I never want to go to Waffle House. I will do whatever it takes to not go to Waffle House. So I would have kept those players, even if they're old, just to make sure I'm not going to Waffle House. But that that's me. I think um, Josh touched on this earlier. The one thing, the Dallas Cowboys offense is the literal one piece of the puzzle that changed my entire season because on good, the three weeks that I had those three players, on good went 2-1-1, whereas I went 7-6-6. And so, like, I'm feeling good. Get rid of CD. Dak and CD start to go crazy. And then Angad, since then, has had 4-5-10-5-6-5-9. Nothing below four. And Angad was the one guy I felt like I was way clear from when all of this started. So more power to Angad than trusting in Dak Prescott. That is what really is what it is. Ongood really proved this year that, like, I very much respect Ongood not freaking out. All, mm-hmm. I mean, Sloan, early on, we were like, I mean, you were like, sell, 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 get rid of everything. You're going to Waffle House, like, give it all up. And he held, he held on Rashad White, held on Joe Mixon, held on Dak Prescott. Like, these guys all turned out to actually, like, do what we thought they were going to do. Uh, and he went from honestly the most unlucky team through the first six weeks of the season to maybe the luckiest team. I mean, his lineup is still pretty bad. And just about everybody who didn't turn out has kind of turned out uh, with the names that I mentioned. Jordan Love, another good example of that, as somebody mm-hmm. who's really looking like a quality asset. I do want to add one more piece to the trade that Colin made, uh, and it relates back to something else that happened in the in the grooming a couple weeks ago. Colin was in a very tricky position where he didn't want to be stuck with Diggs and Devontae. There are very few people in our league who would actually trade for them. I am one of them. I honestly don't know who else you could get to make a big deal for both of them. Like Sloan, I think you would be pretty averse to it because they're old and you don't like old players. Yep. Dylan would be nearly impossible to like get to actually commit to something in terms of the package that you're looking for. And Tommy's MIA, you know, just winning winning ships and raising kids, right? So, like, Colin basically had me as the only person he could send these guys to. And even worse than that, he needed to get his first-round pick if he was going to get rid of those guys, right? I'm sure you didn't want to lose C.D. Lamb, but you had to get your first back. And so the reason this relates to something that was going on in the grooming earlier is Sloan, like, Mike was kind of roasting you for getting Christian McCaffrey and, like, giving up. Brees Hall and uh, I don't know what else, whatever else you gave up Kenneth Walker I don't remember what Drake London I don't know but the point is that that pick only became Brees Hall because Brian gave up Christian McCaffrey right like Collins pick only becomes Caleb Williams because he gives up CD Diggs and Devonte you know like you can't look at those if uh-huh. Collins keeps those players that pick is, there's no way Collins going to end up in last place I think at best case scenario you're I honestly thought before you made that deal, you had a reasonable shot at the playoffs. Like if you would have kept those three guys like that, you had a a realistic playoff team, especially 
you know, with what we were seeing out of Tommy's team at that time. Obviously, it's done a lot better the last few weeks, but it, it's just a deal, I think, that makes sense. I don't think, Colin, you feel that bad about it. Caleb Williams is going to be a great asset. Like, it sucks to go to Waffle House. I thought for sure you were going to be safe, too. Puka and DJ Moore, I didn't think were huge drop-offs from Devontae and Stefan Diggs. I mean, they're definitely downgrades, but you just got pretty unlucky with, like, how that ended up working out and then some of the injuries you also took on along with that. But that's just fantasy football. It sucks. Um, I want to say one last thing um, to Michael Gary Wood, who hopefully is listening this late in the podcast. Michael Wood, um, just so you know, you are more than welcome to have Caleb Williams for two for your pick and on good's first rounder and or one of those first rounders and Anthony Richardson. So Mike, if you want Caleb Williams, he's yours. You you can have him. You so you are set on taking Caleb Williams? If Unless I Michael if I had the number one pick I'm trading back to two, and I'm taking MHJ. No, I think I mean Caleb Williams is a is a he, he's pretty pretty nice, um, and he's right. not going to go to the Carolina Panthers where quarterback's going to die. So, um, yeah. So Michael Wood, that I'm more than willing to do something with you if you want Caleb Williams because I know you do, um, and or anybody else. The days. day of reckoning is coming for us where Mike's hoarding of quarterbacks will be a problem. It will be interesting to see. The 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 tough part about having the Strouds, Tua's, Trevor Lawrence's is those assets are nearly impossible to trade for. Like I don't know how you get those assets without giving up your whole team's future. I mean, you've right. seen it with Brian, right? Like he has a good starting lineup to get his good quarterbacks, but how does his team get better over the next two years? You know, like, unless he's the king of the waivers. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what Mike is able to pull off. I just, I don't think anyone, like, he needs to move on from those quarterbacks, but it seems like it's going to be impossible to do without taking a decent discount on them. He's almost single-handedly devalued the quarterback market for elite quarterbacks with kind of the way he structured things. Uh, but he has proven quarterbacks in the rookie draft are the way to go, right? Like they will hold good value for at least two to three years, as long as they're not garbage. Even Bryce Young, is still an asset I would bet a decent amount on to end up being okay. I know Carolina is a dumpster fire, as Cullen mentioned, but good quarterbacks in college tend to, not that they'll technically be long-term starters, but it helps. All right. Anything else? I don't have anything. I want you. I don't either. No, I just want to thank you for allowing me to come on to say my uh, say my two cents. And I I'm excited for this off season when we can kind of debrief a little bit and chat about it. But hey, and I do want to say this too. There was once a famous quote that says, you're saying there's a chance. And there is still a small chance. I do want to say, if anybody's listening to us, that I would love for you to start a full lineup 
just for me, because I would love to not go to Waffle House, but I can go, and I'm okay to go. But I would love to not eat 22 waffles in two hours. So if you're out there and you're listening, can you please just put your put Trevor Lawrence in your damn lineup? For God's sake. Well, he might be out, so maybe don't put him. Yeah, he might be out this weekend. No, no. <laughs> maybe there's a reason you're in last place, Colin. <laughs> but I would love to just hop on that. I agree, Honestly, Colin, Colin. The only reason I'm thinking about tanking this week uh, is because Joshua Schaefer. I'm gonna come to Dallas. I'm, you know what? I'm gonna go to Seattle and break into your. <laughs> so here's the right, reason. If you this one, this one's tough. You might be able to get behind this. Is if we tank teams that we know for sure aren't gonna take tank Matt, on good, Brian. Those are the only teams who really shouldn't, like, have no reason to tank. Wouldn't it be great if all of us tanked, everyone else came together and tanked, and made Mike's picks in the upcoming draft, like, so much, like, we made his his picks, like, 2, 5, 6, instead of 2, 3, 4, like they are right See, now. This is, this is why this is why there needs to be some sort of rule in place. There's too much power right now. Bone, well, if you tank, hold on, you don't hold have on. any picks in the first two rounds. If you tank, I'm going to lose my hold on, no, hold on. I want to talk. Let's talk about this real quick. I, and then I got to I got to head to bed. Josh, what happens if you and I tank right now? If you and I tanked and if you and I tanked, it makes sense for Tommy and Dylan to tank because they can't like get right. first. So the top four teams tank. Um, then let's say the top three consists of Brian, Matt, and Ongood in some order because they don't have their own first round pick. Why would they actually start a full lineup? They don't have their first or second round pick. I don't think either of them. So they have no reason to be bad. That there's a world in which uh, Matt or. Ongood and Matt's pick could both fall behind Austin. And then depending on if maybe Brian decides to stick it to Mike too, I doubt he does because he's not as spiteful as we are. But uh, then Mike's picks would, instead of being two, three, four, like they are right now, they would be two, four, five, or two, five, six. Uh, So we could swing a little bit of Mike's draft power if we decided to go full tank, which is not nothing. Josh, let's talk about this later. And see if there's a no, way that no, we can. No, we're talking about this no, right now. No, okay, no, Colin. I was gonna say I want to see if there's a way that Josh and I can help to to help you well, not you go to Waffle have House. Zero reason to tank. Think <laughs> exactly. About it exactly. You so I am just a pawn that you can use. I can do whatever you want me to do, Colin. What do you want me to do? I want we you to play your normal lineup. I don't care. If Why? I lose, if I lose because I lose, then that's fine. Okay. It's it's losing with all the bullshit going on. That would be bothersome. You have yeah. no reason to not tank, Josh. You have no reason to just just put a lineup. No, I in should there. play. I should play because there's a yeah. world in which I could get the first seed, which would be a nice advantage. Right. Yeah, it helped me out last year when I finished in last, even with the first seed. That was pretty cool. <laughs> so uh, I may need to approach it again. But uh, so so you're you're totally right. If you four play. And Austin Tanks, Brian, Angad, myself, and Matt are all going to play. So that gives me at least a fighting chance 
So that would be really cool. Okay. Because Devon Anderson is very capable of putting up a 50 burger. Um, and here's the I don't think you have a chance, Colin. You don't have a chance. Tennessee? Oh, give me that. It is Monday night, too. So what's going to happen is I'm going to be down by a lot, and I'm just going to see my score climb up, and I'm just going to climb up above everybody. I'd I mean, the thing is, that. you need you need uh, who do you need to get like who do you need like you need on good right? Are Matt's the closest to you? You need to get first, and Matt needs to get like second to last or worse. No, no, no. It's closer than that. It's five points. So if oh, I get points. first, okay. if I get first and Matt gets six, then it goes down to a tie break, which is which you would probably four. win, right? If he won. Oh my so gosh! Not, yeah, there's. It's yeah. actually. Yeah. Not, Thank not you. Zero. No, it is yeah, very yeah, close. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah, you. Matt's lineup this week is bad. I know. There's definitely a chance. And Mike, oh man, Mike's pulling out. Excuse me, Trevor Lawrence, man, that's a. Because I, I think that's another point that I'm closer to. So you know what? If you guys decide to screw over Mike, that would be just. <laughs> we'll see how it's going but, with the early slot. Shouldn't. No, 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 no. You guys should all play everybody. I would like to have a fair shot at that. I, I think agree. we should play. Yeah, I yeah, think it I was. Agree. I thought it was further. And and Matt Matt doesn't have his lineup set for this week yet. Right, he's going to be projected for around a hundred points. The same as you, Colin. Actually, your yeah. lineup's pretty pretty rough this week too. You might not even have <laughs> two. You might have to start Mitch Trubisky, honestly. I think I concussion. By the way, nice pickup uh, with the um, CJ Beathard. Love that. Thank you. I'll I know. I was a little surprised Dylan now. didn't. I thought Dylan would go for Beathard, considering he's starting Tommy DeVito right now and right. will be in the playoffs. So, uh, <laughs> all right, let's wrap I don't know. it up. Okay, I know Sloan's tired. He started. He joined us a little late. Colin, thanks for coming on. This has been a blast. Uh, I look forward to the rules call after the season, but more importantly, I look forward to how this last week plays out. It would be fun if maybe on the Monday night game, something actually mattered and the season wasn't decided before then. So we'll see how it goes. I would love that. Thank you guys for having me on. Yep. See you guys. All right. Bye.